Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Dirt Radio. I am your host, Phil Evans, coming at you live from the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people in the Kulin Nation. Of course, sovereignty of these lands has never been ceded. And we acknowledge and pay respect to elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge the important role that Torres Strait Islanders and Aboriginal people across this land play in all environmental and social justice movements. For 45 years, Friends of the Earth, who sponsor this show on 3CR, have been mobilising communities to resist the extractive colonial forces of the fossil fuel industry and um, trying to transform it into one where climate justice is not just a term but a reality. Today, we're going to have a chat with some of the wonderful members of the Act on Climate Collective at Friends of the Earth. So stay tuned as we talk all things climate justice, talk about climate changed and how it's impacting Victorians. We'll be back in just a moment. You're tuned to 3CR on your end die If you just tuned in the crazy eye Why would you stay listening and listening a while Tune in to Power From The Margins, 3CR's broadcast for International Day of People with Disability on 3rd of December. From 7am to 7pm, we'll feature BIPOC perspectives, live music, artists and discussions. For details, visit 3cr.org.au forward slash Disability Day 2019. You're back on 3CR uh, with Phil here, Dirt Radio. Excited to be here and excited to talk about climate changed, climate justice, and what's going on around with the Act on Climate Collective. And I'm really lucky to be joined in the studio by the um, ever wonderful and ever inspiring Anna Langford, and also joined on the phone by Aaron Brooks. Um, good morning, Aaron. Good morning, Anna. Morning, Phil. Good morning. Uh, it's great to um, chat to you all. Um, and it's pretty exciting times at the Act on Climate Collective. Um, either of you jump in, but I was wondering, could you give our listeners a bit of a glimpse at home? Who are the Active Act on Climate Collective and what is the, the kind of campaign work about? Oh, <laughs> I should have pointed at one Aaron's, of you. Aaron's not in the room, so I can't see. It's no cues. I'll just go. Um, so the Act on Climate Collective, um, we started about three years ago and um, our first kind of hit the ground running action was to 
um, help get the extra votes needed to pass the Victorian Climate Change Act in Parliament. And that has um, set us uh, with a target to hit zero net emissions by 2050. But um, the Victorian government has to set interim emissions reduction targets um, on the way to hitting that target, which will hopefully happen much earlier than 2050, as we know we need to. And so at the moment, um, we're working on securing bold and ambitious emissions reduction targets for 2025 and 2030, um, which are the first two that need to be set. Um, and so the Andrews government has to set those by March next year. And we've been working for the last pretty much two, three years um, on building the community pressure um, for those to be really high targets. So ambitious emission reduction targets um, are the kind of key game at the moment. Yep. Sure. And- yeah, and so, so a big part of that is, um, is um, basically engaging with the politicians to show that they can be leaders on this issue and the community will support them. Um, so emboldening them, um, getting them to lead the drive to keep a climate of under 1.5 degrees warming um, and helping expose the community to the climate blockers who are the ones who are trying to push the politicians in the opposite direction, trying to... They're, they're, they're trying to pull them to set weak, weak uh, emissions reduction targets. Mm. Um, so we, so it's, it's a, um, you know, trying to trying to play both sides there, and then um, and, and then the other element is to try to find the frontline communities across the state that are that are already been impacted by by the climate crisis. Sure. And I I mean, one of the interesting things I think about the work that uh, the Act on Climate Collective um, out of Friends of the Earth is doing is uh, for a long time, people talk about uh, the climate as this um, large kind of um, ethereal problem, um, the greatest moral challenge of our time um, as a statement comes to mind. And it kind of puts it out of the hands of ordinary people and into the hands of governments and corporations and those that we perceive have power within our current capitalist model of economics. Um, This is really about changing that conversation, isn't it? Anna? Um, Yeah, totally. I think often people feel a bit powerless and also disconnected from it when we just talk about things like melting ice caps and things that are going to happen in a hundred years. And so the work that we've also been doing is highlighting the um, Victorian climate impacts that we're already starting to see. And um, yeah, that's what Aaron's been doing a lot of work on. Sure. And Aaron, I think it's an an interesting story. I mean, the, the, the collective itself is made up of people from all sorts of walks of life, um, coming from all sorts of places. Um, you actually came in on a uh, student internship, didn't you, Aaron? Yeah, correct. I, I started uh, in about February, March this year. Um, came in and was enthusiastic about the climate um, and wanted to see, see um, some action there. And when I came in, the coordinator league handballed me this uh, this project that had no blueprint, no precedent to um, for it, <laughs> um, but it was exciting and uh, and I was enthusiastic about doing it. And um, and it's come together. It's a, a climate impacts map of Victoria, um, and we're launching it uh, next week. So it's pretty exciting. It is exciting times, um, and I, I, you know, I wish I could point our listeners directly to the map now, but it's not launched yet. You've got to wait a little bit. But um, I was wondering if you could tell us uh, when you're talking about a climate impacts map. It's a bit of a vague idea. What what are we actually talking about here? 
Yeah, so um, basically what I've done is gone around the state and engaged with communities who are already having issues in their own backyard, um, anything from coastal erosion to failures to whatever, anything climate-related that, that's already affecting people. Um, I've documented it on an on a online interactive map. I've looked at, found out all the science behind it so just to work out kind of, you know, how is it climate-related? Um, and, and yeah, they just they put it all together, put all the data together so that people can, can easily have one online tool where they, can, where they can access this kind of information. Sure. I'm wondering if you can um, move where you're holding your phone. It's just getting a little bit muffled. But, oh, sorry. No, no, that's fine. Um, but also, um, the I mean, it's interesting times at the moment. Uh, a lot of people have um, either woken up or started the conversation around bushfire risk. Um, we've seen the fires um, throughout Queensland, throughout New South Wales especially, and also over in Western Australia. Um, this conversation around the way that climate is impacting is really starting to gather speed, but it is a lot more than just bushfires fires like you mentioned isn't it what what sort of impacts are we seeing around um in uh in victoria yeah um it's definitely bushfires is definitely something in victoria as well um but aside from that um some of the big themes that came out um animals struggling to adapt was a was a really big one um so victoria leads australia um for extinction it's uh, with with the seasonal changes, um, the animals they're struggling to keep in sync with their food sources. So, for example, the butterflies, uh, when they come out of their cocoon, it's very um, it's very dependent on the weather. So, as the temperature rises, they emerge earlier, and if their food sources aren't ready for them, if they haven't um, bloomed, then they've got nothing to eat. And that's the same with the pygmy possums and, uh, you know, who are on the um, endangered list and several other animals across the state. So, so there's that issue. Um, and, and that kind of feeds into um, agricultural and economic issues as well, that um, idea that um, the changing season or the changing um, weather patterns that, that make up climate uh, and the climate changing is really contributing to changing seasons. Is that is that a way to, like, kind of read it in terms of, I know people talk about um, different crop sowing times and things like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and and it's changing in different ways in different areas. Um, and yeah, it's 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 really interesting to see. Um, I guess yeah, like um, if, you, if you look if you go from 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 land to sea, the way that the um, the oceans are changing, um, the Victorian waters are heating up faster than ever, so there's, um, again, the, sea, the animals in the sea are struggling to adapt in, in, in serious ways. Um, they're being taken over by tropical fish, the um, kelp forests are disappearing um, in, in huge numbers, so their food sources are disappearing. I'm wondering uh, if you can move to another spot, Aaron. We're just um, getting a little bit of a muffled line through to you. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the interesting things, I mean, I'm not going to lie to the listeners, I love a good tipple. Um, whether it be a nice wine or a beer. And one of the impacts that I've seen um, a lot uh, spoken about around on media is the impact on um, the wine-growing region 
interests um, in around Australia and around the world in terms of um, changing the different types of grapes that they need to sow because of the um, the climatic conditions um, altering, but also the um, the production of hops, which make up beer, which um, I know is an impact that will really, really touch a lot of people, especially along Smith Street, where craft beer is such a, yeah. a popular thing. <laughs> Yes, uh, the, the the wine one was pretty devastating for me too to to discover. Um, it started with I first kind of got a tip off about um, about one winery in the Yarra Valley who they produce Shiraz grapes, so a heavy, um, strong grape, um, and Pinot Noir grapes, so a lighter wine, and they usually are right to harvest at different stages of the season because. The Pinot Noir grape is much more uh, fragile and lighter, so you harvest it earlier. Um, but they've noticed, you know, they've, they've been operating for 10 years or so, and they've noticed that all of a sudden the Shiraz grapes are ready to harvest at the exact same time as the Pinot Noir grape. So they they, they've, they've, they don't have the space uh, for all those grapes to be ready at the same time. And, um, and that was just the kind of first little bit of information that I got. And then as I dug deeper, it turns out that if it's not ready to harvest at the, at the normal time, it becomes a lot uh, lower in quality. Mm. Um, so a lot of these grapes aren't even good to use anymore for good quality wine. Um, so first of all, so we've got a couple of things happening. First of all, Victoria's uh, wine is much lower in quality. And second of all, we've got a lot of wine growers who are trying to relocate. Um, so um, there's a few stories of, um, of, of wineries that have, bought properties in Tasmania because it's cooler down there. Um, mm. But I guess it's a question of, you know, time before, before it heats up down there too. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I mean, we talk about these things, and I don't want to make it a uh, bit of a bourgeois issue of uh, worrying about my wine and um, and beer. But I mean, one one of the things I think this um, map really demonstrates well is that the climate has changed, and we are experiencing those impacts now, and they do touch and reach into the lives of um, everyday ordinary Victorians. So it's we're beyond that kind of politics of um, it's over there, it's someone else's problem, and it's actually really already um, not only just affecting the day-to-day lives of people but our economy and um and also you know um, far reaching into industries that people maybe don't imagine i know i'm um, down on the bass coast the cl- uh, the collector's been doing a lot of great work down there with um people around what's happening on the beaches yeah um well yeah the, the bass coast community have been yelling to the government um to get some attention about what's happening down there uh in inverloch They've lost 39, well, I think it's up to about close to 50 metres of shoreline now um, since 2012. Um, so they've had to relocate their, um, their surf watchtower um, three times in the last seven years because they, they, they've, they've moved it and then, they've, uh, and then it's, the, the coastal erosion has sped up once again. Um, it's, it's crazy how, how fast this is happening. Um, and it's not just down the Bass Coast. Um, I've got um, stories from of coastal erosion from Queenscliff, from Port Ferry. Um, you've got the city of Geelong looking at building seawalls to, to kind of secure itself. Um, yeah, it's, it's really widespread. Mm, it's, it's it's terrifying news. I mean, I'm, so, it's... I'm sorry to to uh, disturb people at an early time on a Tuesday morning, but yeah, it was quite alarming. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's fine. We, we we like to talk about these difficult issues on Dirt Radio and on 3CR more more widely. And, of course, you know, like, I mean, the impacts that we're suffering um, can only pale to some of the impacts that are being felt um, by some of our Pacific neighbours. Um, I think of the story of the Carteret Islands where um, the entire population is being um, moved from um, those um, remote Melanesian islands onto um, into Papua New Guinea and um, Port Moresby and... Um, so you know that the, these stories are, whilst um, maybe um, don't have that severity, it just really like what what is really interesting for me is how um, the the work has really brought it down to that really uh, where you're at level. Like you know, it's we're talking about um, everyday life, everyday issues that um, everyone can understand, and they're having real impacts. Um, in terms of the Victorian um, budget, I remember years ago the um, the Stern report for those who were old enough to and been around the climate movement long enough, um, you know, was talking about the billions of dollars of economic impacts that climate change will have on our on our uh, economies, and we're really starting to see that now. Yeah, um, I can't remember the figure off the top of my head, um, but there, I, doing this map and if I. If you go online and check it out, once we've launched it, it has a figure on how much uh, infrastructure cost there will be due to coastal erosion um, in the next 10, 20 years. And it's in the billions. That's what I can remember. It's a significant amount of money because we live so close to the coast and that's a beautiful part of our life in Australia. Um, but it's a reality we have to deal with and have to, um, and have to take seriously. Mm, absolutely, and if the the map is being launched um, very soon. Um, do you want to let us know about that event, Aaron? Yeah. So uh, next Wednesday night, the twenty seventh of November, um, we'll be at the Kathleen Syme Library uh, in Carlton. Uh, so from six forty five onwards, we're going to um, to present our findings on the map in in greater detail. Um, you'll get a real understanding of really what what is happening in our backyard. Um, we'll talk about what this means for the political debate, for the public conversation and local communities. Um, and from local communities, we're going to hear some of the voices of the people who have, who have been following this, who have been most impacted, to hear their stories. Um, and then we've also um, got a heatwave expert Ooh. to come in um, from uh, RMIT to talk about the impacts of heat waves in um, in urban living in suburbia um, and community resilience. Fantastic. So, yes, yeah, lots of things happening. And then to conclude, we'll, uh, we'll get the coordinator of Act on Climate to talk about uh, some of the summer strategies um, that will be that are being launched and, and, and how people can get involved if they, if they like to. Excellent. So that's um, Wednesday, 27th of November at the Kathleen Syme Library and Community Centre. Um, I want to... Uh, go to a little quick break and then we're going to keep talking about the Act on Climate Collective but I'll let you go Aaron um, thank you so much for joining us on Dirt Radio and I look forward to speaking to you soon thanks for having me on thanks Aaron bye hello this is Dan Salton and you're listening to 3CR Blackfellow Radio Melbourne You're back on 3CR Dirt Radio. This is Phil Evans coming at you live from the studio. Anna Langford is still with me. We were just talking to Aaron Brooks, part of the Act on Climate Collective, about the upcoming climate impact map 
and uh, and what that is looking at like and where you can find out more about that. Wow, I'm really not with it today. <laughs> Um, but Anna is still with me, and we, just yeah. <laughs> we're really we're really uh, struggling to hold it together in the studio here. <laughs> um, so we we were talking about the impacts um, and what's happening. So these are the the things we need to resist. But we are trying to like um, transform Victoria and um, and get those strong emission reduction targets, um, as we mentioned at the start of the show. But there are people in the way, or maybe not people, but uh, corporate. That are in the way, aren't yeah, they? often slightly more faceless. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of them I um, particularly enjoyed during the um, the Spring Rebellion. We cast our minds back to early October. Um, Act on Climate held a um, community um, rally and gathering out the front of um, Energy Australia, who um, have been identified as one of those uh, climate blockers. Um, They had a bit of news today, Anna. Do you want to let us know a little bit about that? Yeah, so interesting morning. Um, We've seen two articles from um, actually two of the energy companies that we've been targeting um, and have identified as blockers of climate action in Victoria. Um, So first up, there was um, Alinta Energy actually signalling that um, they're probably going to close their Luoyang B power station much earlier than its scheduled date of 2048. Um, And they said that that's purely because of... um, market forces renewables um the price is dropping so rapidly that it just doesn't make sense to keep it open that long um and then on the other hand we've seen um energy australia in the news um kind of digging their heels in saying that they will keep the power station in victoria that they own your lawn open until its original closure date of 2032 um and they've said that they will do that um government and market forces permitting but as we're already seeing neither one of those are going to permit as it looks like um market forces are clearly in favor of renewable energy um and as i was mentioning before the andrews government has to set these emissions reductions um, targets for 2025 and 2030 and if those are ambitious um relatively high targets then it will look like Energy Australia will need to come up with a plan to close your lawn earlier than 2032. Um, And there's actually pressure there coming from unions as well, um, we've seen this morning, for a solid plan from Energy Australia. Um, Because, like we've already seen, those power stations aren't reliable, they're ageing, they shouldn't still be open because they're too old to keep operating anyway, and we're seeing blackouts every summer because they keep breaking down. Mm, yeah, it's. I mean, I think the key phrase there is "come up with a plan." I mean, <laughs> these people are, you know, whether they are in government, you know, we really need some strong leadership from um, the Andrews government and bipartisan support for a clear, um, fair, and just transition in the Latrobe Valley for those workers. Um, but also, um, you know, the, the the heads of these corporations are taking home, you know, like ten to twenty times the um, average salary of <laughs> ordinary Australians. And yet they don't seem to be doing any of their work, which is providing certainty and a clear direction for where their company is going. I mean, relying on the invisible hand of the market just seems uh, a little bit like um, you haven't done your homework. Yeah, totally. Especially when the invisible hand, by all accounts, seems to be going down the path of renewables. And um, 
Yeah, like that. That's that's the line that Energy Australia have keep on throwing out um, in the news all year. They keep on saying like, "What's the Victorian government's plan?" And we're kind of like, "Well, they're coming up with a plan. They're going to set these targets, which will hopefully be high." What's your plan mm. <laughs> for your workers? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was it was horrendous to see um, with the closure of Hazelwood a few years ago, mm. um, a five months notice. Yeah. Um, for people who've worked decades in that industry and really like hurts the economy, um, the the mental health and the just the general uh, uh, you know community spirit of um, places like Morwell, which is so um, you know have been coal has been a part of the story and that story is changing now. But you know it'd be nice if people could flick ahead and um, see a little bit of what's coming up rather than wandering um, uh, you know precariously into their choose your own adventure scary story. So. Yeah, especially when we know that Energy Australia definitely have the money um, to fund that kind of transition. Um, people might not know this, but um, a few years ago when the uh, when Tony Abbott um, repealed the carbon price federally, um, oh sorry, a few steps before that, um, when the carbon price was introduced, um, Energy Australia were given $266 million in compensation. Um, and then when the carbon price was repealed a few years later, they never gave the money back. Mm. So, like, they've definitely got the cash lying around and the time still to plan a fair and just transition for their workers. Yeah, it's uh, an absolute um, travesty that they aren't showing the uh, leadership and, and social responsibility that they have. I mean, it's further proof that they are, you know, just having an ever-removed social licence to operate in our community. Yeah, yeah. And as we're seeing, um, not only are they not making a plan for any kind of earlier closure, they're actively pushing for the government, uh, the Victorian government, that is, to delay climate action. Um, and it's through these kind of, you know, like slightly more under the radar ways, um, which you might not hear about unless um, teams like the collectives like Act on Climate were doing the work digging it up. Um, so we've been looking at these submissions that these companies like Energy Australia um, made to the Victorian government when um, the Vic government opened up submissions on the mm. emissions reduction targets, um, like asking what people and companies think they should be. And um, all of these big energy companies and other lobby groups like the Business Council of Australia, Australian Industry Group, um, pretty much all of them consistently said that um, major action and ambitious targets should all be put off until after 2030. Ugh. And so, <laughs> you know, while we're going out talking to communities who are, whose, um, whose farms and businesses and lives are already suffering um, under the climate impacts in Victoria that we're already seeing, um, these companies in their air-conditioned offices in Melbourne CBD are fighting to delay any action on it to protect Victorian communities. Now, if people are listening and their their blood is starting to boil as fast as the planet is starting to, then um, how can they get involved with the Act on Climate Collective and really start to take on those climate blockers and um, look at those climate impact maps? Well, uh, we've got a pretty exciting summer coming up um, of plans, things we want to do. And one of those is a little Christmas fundraiser for us um, where we want to, um, people can donate to send a block of coal to Energy Australia. <laughs> <laughs> coal um, for Christmas, someone's been a bad, bad person. <laughs> which um, will hopefully um, 
get a decent sack of <laughs> donations to then um go up and deliver it to them before Christmas. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll be having lots more, um, actions and, um, yeah, like keeping the climate blockers to account. Um, if you're interested in getting involved, um, we meet every Monday at 6pm at Friends of the Earth, but also if, um, if you're not available that night, then there's always, um, yeah, there's always loads of actions like that, that we've got coming up if you want to get involved. Yeah, awesome. And thank you so much uh, for coming in and chatting to me about this, Anna. Like, it is such a pleasure to have you in the studio. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, and I'll put up links to all of those events uh, coming up that um, Anna and Aaron Brooks, who spoke to us about the Climate Impacts Map earlier, um, spoke about. But I am really out of time. It's been such a um, jam-packed full show. And I want to thank my guests, Anna Langford and Aaron Brooks. This uh, Brooks, this is Phil Evans' Dirt Radio, Friends of the Earth show on 3CR. Um, I want to send this track out to everyone who's been affected by the New South Wales, Queensland and WA fires. It's called Fireproof by Jimblar. Solidarity and love to you all. And keep it locked on 3CR. Up next is the Corey Survival Show. See you later. Who's going to put up a fire? I'm fireproof. Go up and save my pretty pennies up. Embrace the current day, cause yo, I'm rising from the ashes now My whole being covered in flames in Latin state Because I played the game right, the sunshine is coming through now Sure the change come flow, hey, I speed the process up God bless a life, I'm focused enough to overcome these social barriers I break through, brother man, see I make do When it's painful, I feel the fire of Phoenix I'm fireproof i and they try to provide us with the light straight to my face And got the audacity to walk away Good Samaritan gone and left us And the plane to hell Swelling this fringe dweller Storytelling in my blood I feel the presence of 60,000 plus years My ancestors roam this desert landscape From the tropics of north to a snow-capped mountain peak 